You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that invented its own analytical metrics to express how two opposing event lineups compare. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Now let's talk about some college equestrian. It is time for the national championship. Get excited, y'all. This is it. It's what we've been waiting two years for. Auburn and seven victims, teams, uh, plus Sweetbriar and Lynchburg, will be heading over to Waco, Texas to compete in the NCEA National Championship. Now, you'll recall that this season there will be no individual event trophies and all that stuff. Just a great big old teams tournament and then a little bit smaller jump and seat only teams tournament for Sweetbriar and Lynchburg. Now, the action kicks off on Thursday morning with events from all four quarterfinal meets happening simultaneously. So, everything is going to start at 10 a.m. Central and finish sometime around 4 p.m. Central or maybe a little later. On Friday, the two semifinal meets begin at 10 a.m. as well. And then uh, we're going to have two uh, finalists square off on Saturday. And then, of course, Sweetbriar and Lynchburg are going to do their thing. Uh, and all that's going to get started at 10 a.m. Central on Saturday. So let's dive right into what we can expect this year. One of the biggest differences between the national championship and the regular season is how the national championship is only four riders versus four riders in each event, not five-on-five like the regular season. Now, I think this is dumb, but they do it because it uses fewer horses in the tournament. But here's what that means for the teams. Pretty much all year long, you have had a collection of five or six riders that have been starting in most of these meets, and now you have to whittle that down to just four. Doing this takes away some of the depth advantage that a team like Auburn has, and it can really help out the underdog. And by that, I mean Georgia. Back in 2019, we saw a Georgia team go on a big run through the national championship tournament, almost upsetting undefeated Auburn. This four-on-four stuff can really help out certain teams. So is there any way that we can know which teams are going to benefit from going down to a four-on-four? Why, yes, there is. In this week's equestrian article that I've written for E2C Network, I have gone through and I have graphed each playoff team's points productions in the four events. And then I show you which teams have a large drop-off in that production between the fourth and fifth riders. Those teams will benefit from the 4-on-4 format this week. And spoiler, most teams benefit a little bit in maybe one or two events, and then maybe get hurt a little bit in one or two events. And then there are some teams, (coughs) Georgia and SMU, that benefit in many events from this format. So go take a look at that article when you get the chance. But once we have gone down to the top four riders, we still want to know what we can expect in these events. And to help with that, I have created a new analytical metrics to evaluate how teams match up in each event. Now, what I've done is this. I've taken the winning percentage for each team's projected starting four riders in each event. Now, I created a set of pie charts for each team's event squad showing how many of those total points they tend to win. Then, I overlap those two pie charts to show which portions of the points in the event would likely go to each team. Now, it's probably easier to understand when you're looking at it, but if you can imagine it this way, suppose you got two teams here and each of them have won two-thirds of the points in an event on average. Now, if you take a pie chart for team one, 
you're going to draw their two-thirds piece uh, that starts in the top and then it's going to swing counterclockwise, all right? So that's their pie chart. Now for team two, you're going to do the same thing, only you're going to go clockwise instead of counterclockwise, all right? So it's going the other direction. Now, if you take these two pie charts and you place them on top of one another, what you're going to end up with is uh, there's going to be one-third that is going to be the points for that team on the left, that first team. These are the points that they're probably going to get no problem that they don't have to really, uh, they're not going to get challenged for. And then you've got a third on the right-hand side, and that's for team number two. That represents the points that they, they should get that they're not going to be uh, challenged on. And then you've got a third in the middle there that's along the bottom of your pie chart. And those are the points that are in contention. That's the overlapping part. And so what I call this metric is the overlapping points production, or OPP. The O is for the overlapping. It's a method here that's happening. The P is for the points, the things that keep the people clapping. The other P is for production. It's the data that I'm using, not an equitation over feelings, because we are under no illusions. You know what So hopefully that makes sense. Now, let's get into the data. For our first meet, we have number one Auburn versus number eight Baylor. In our first event of the day, it's going to be the equitation on the flat. Now, we're likely going to see this being the closest event of the meet. Both teams win nearly two-thirds of their points here, so it's likely that each will claim at least a point with the other two points going completely up for grabs. We don't know how the head-to-head lineups are going to work out uh, just yet because those are decided the morning of, but fingers crossed here that we will get to see Auburn's Taylor St. Jacques go up against Baylor's Rachel Davis. Both riders have been perfect in this event for the season, and it would be really fun to see them square off to begin the day. For horsemanship, Auburn's uncontested part of the OPP chart is over 50%. So they got half of that that they're not even going to have to really get challenged by Baylor. And then Baylor's uncontested section is only 17%. So that leaves a little piece there that's about 30% uh, of your pie chart where the points are going to be in contention here in horsemanship. Now over in reigning, the OPP is a lot closer. Here, Auburn is projected to take about 40% of the points. Baylor is projected to take about 30%, and then that leaves another 30% that's in contention. And the last event of the day is fences. Auburn is expected to dominate here. The OPP shows Auburn's uncontested points at 56%. So half the points they're going to get, and it ain't even going to be close. Baylor's uncontested points is just a tad over 11%. That ain't a lot, y'all. And nearly one-third of the points in this event are in contention. So Auburn could still take those as well. Now here is the big catch here when you look at OPP, especially in this tournament. There are only four riders. So when you're winning points, you have to do that in 25% increments. So even if you are expected to take two-thirds of the points, that might end up only being two out of four or maybe three out of four. So even if a team looks like they are very overmatched on paper, they can still keep the meet close if they win those points that are in contention on the OPP charts. So just keep that in mind. Now, once we total all this up, we basically expect Auburn to get at least eight points. Baylor, we think they're going to get at least four, and then those remaining four should be divided uh, among the two of them in some fashion. 
And if that does happen, it only takes one more point to give Auburn uh, nine or more, and then that's the win, and they would advance into the semifinals. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. So now that you understand how that works, let's go through the other quarterfinal meets, and I'll run through these a little bit faster since I bet you've got the hang of it now. So let's do number two, Oklahoma State, versus number seven, Fresno State. Now this one does not look good for Fresno State. On the flat, Oklahoma State is expected to take over half the points uncontested. Fresno State should take a little over a third, leaving about 8% of the points up in the air. That's not very much. In horsemanship, the Cowgirls are expected to take 60% of the points with no problem. Fresno State should get a little under a third of the points, leaving about 8% up for grabs again. Again, that's not much up for grabs. In reigning, Oklahoma State again should take about 50% of the points, no problem. The Bulldogs should get about 43% of the points, so this one is a lot more evenly matched here in reigning. There's a tiny sliver, 1%, that will be up for grabs, so not a lot of overlap in this this OPP chart. Then, last event, fences. We have Oklahoma State easily taking two-thirds of the point. Fresno State should easily take about 40% of the points, and that remaining 7% is going to be in contention between the two of them which means Oklahoma State should take at least nine points in this meet, and Fresno State uh, should take about uh, at least six. So there's really only one point in contention, and as you can see, it's probably not going to be enough to uh, flip things for Fresno State. So I think Oklahoma State's got that one in control. Now let's do number three, Georgia, versus number six, TCU. Now this is going to be a much more interesting matchup than those first two quarterfinals. On the flat, Georgia looks to easily gain just a little bit over one-third of their points. TCU is going to gain a little bit over one-third, and then that leaves one-third being completely up for grabs. In horsemanship, it's more of the same, but with a slightly larger bulldog advantage. Georgia is projected to take about 44% of the points, no problem. TCU should take a little over a third, no problem, leaving about 20% of the points in a toss-up. And again, anything in contention could go either way because, of course, you can't get, you know, 13 or 15 percent. You have to go in 25 percent increments because there's only four points in the whole event. Now, in reigning, we expect a very even event here as well, with each team is expected to take half the points and then there's less than one percent in contention. So this one, I'm very confident reigning's probably going to go two to two. Finally, in fences, Georgia is projected to easily grab 36% of the point, TCU should get 33% of the points easily, and then one-third is in contention. 
So, overall, this should be a very close meet with Georgia expected to easily take about six points, TCU should easily take five points, and then those remaining five will be distributed among the two in some form. So, Georgia has a slight advantage, but this meet could go either way. In our last quarterfinal, number five Texas A&M goes up against number six SMU. And here we can see the likely effect of low population size has on our OPP data. On the flat, SMU is projected to easily take half the points. A&M should easily take 42% of the points, with only a tiny 6% being really in contention. In horsemanship, SMU is going to take probably about 45% of the points pretty easily. The Aggies should take at least a third, leaving about 20% up for grabs. And in reigning, SMU looks to easily grab half the points, with Texas A&M taking at least 22%, which again is not very much, and then just over 30% in contention. And then we have the final event fences. OPP really favors SMU here. Uh, the Mustang should easily get almost 60% of the points. That's a lot. With A&M getting about a quarter and then about 16% up for grabs. So, overall with these numbers, if they come true, we would expect SMU to take 7 points pretty easily. We would expect Texas A&M to take 5 points pretty easily. And then those remaining 4 points could go to either team in some assortment. Now. Here is the big caveat with this meet in particular. The OPP favors SMU in every single event. But keep in mind, SMU rode against the fewest number of quality opponents this year, so we're not really sure if their winning percentages in each event are being skewed by a schedule that wasn't nearly as tough as Texas A&M's was. Over half of A&M's rides this season were against either number one Auburn or number three Georgia. By comparison, SMU's meets against Auburn and Oklahoma State got canceled, so they didn't have those super tough opponents like Texas A&M did. And then when you look at the stronger half of SMU's opponents, it's basically the two meets that they rode against TCU. And I'll tell you, Riding against Auburn and Georgia a combined five times is a lot tougher than riding against TCU twice. All that to say, I am the least confident in the OPP numbers in this meet. But again, we'll see how it all works out. So, in preparation for the big national championship week, I want to let everybody know about a little thing we're doing over here at the E2C Network to help fans show their support for their favorite teams. We have a small equestrian coloring book that you can download and print out and go color. Now, the idea here is to color some of these pages and then share them with your favorite teams on social media. And we're doing this so that everybody, including the writers, can see the support that we're giving these teams as they go into the national championship tournament. It's just a fun something that we came up with here, so I hope you'll take the opportunity to do it. As for the tournament itself, I want to remind everyone that the tournament is going to be live streamed through the NCEA's streaming partner, Horse and Country, so you will not find it on ESPN. You can subscribe to Horse and Country's service for $10 a month, and then you can just cancel it after the tournament. <laughs> uh, it's basically a $10 online ticket to watch the thing, so that's actually not pretty bad if you're into Equestrian. And over here at our network, I will once again be bringing you live updates of the action. I'll have live matchup videos to tell you who's favored and all the head-to-head -head rides, 
plus I'll do recaps and things like that as well. Now, as far as my ongoing saga to get a media access, well, um, it's not going well. Now, I'm not going to go on a rant here. I'm just going to say that I don't think the NCEA really planned for someone outside of these schools' athletic departments wanting to be there in person. So the rules that they came up with, um, when they list who has access to go, uh, basically, outside media is not one of those groups that's permitted inside the building. Well, that's our episode this week. I hope everyone is as excited about the national championship as I am. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you? Do you?